Well, we're celebrating Easter this morning. Praise God. God is so awesome. There's three elements to the Easter. Uh, and the first is the suffering of Jesus. And so Jesus suffered for us. The second element is his death. And the third is his resurrection. And uh, I'm going to say this. Most of the Christians focus on his suffering. Even today, we focused on the death of Jesus. But today, I want to talk to you about resurrection life today. That, that God wants us um, living every day a resurrected life. Amen. And I think a lot of Christians kind of fall short of living that resurrected life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 56. We're just going to look at this scripture to start off with. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing about death. And this is what Jesus has overcome, death. Amen. And uh, it says here in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 56, New King James. It says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Amen. I'm going to say something to you today that you're not under the old covenant law per se. You are under grace. Amen. So as new covenant believers... You're not under the old law, but you're under grace. And that grace is Jesus paying the price so that we wouldn't have to walk under that curse. Amen? So Jesus took the sting of death so we can walk victorious in this life. And we're going to look at some keys here on how to experience the resurrected life, how to live a victorious life in him. Amen? In Philippians 3.10, Paul actually gives us some keys on how to live that resurrective life. Amen. Um, you know, that reminds me of a joke of, uh, I'm going to give an Easter joke this morning, and hopefully it's funny. Uh, this man was, um, this man uh, was married, and, um, and his wife was trying to get him to go to Israel. And, uh, of course, you know, after many years, he finally decided that they would go to Israel, but his wife wanted his mother-in-law to come with them. And um, so he, you know, had, you know, some schisms with the mother-in-law in the past, as sometimes you do. And so, you know, he adjusted his attitude. And he said, okay, mother-in-law can come. And so they went to Israel and they went through a tour. But in the middle of that tour, uh, the mother-in-law passes away. And so, you know, he had to take care of the business of her passing away. And uh, the people there said, you know, you can have her buried in Israel, which would be $500. Or you could have her be shipped back to the United States and with all the legalities and all that, it would run $10,000. And the person that was talking to the husband said, most people normally have people buried there since it's a lot cheaper. And, and the man said, no, I, I want to send my mother-in-law back to the United States. I'm willing to spend that $10,000. And so the man was puzzled because most people normally opt for the $500 option. And he said, well, why, why, are you, why do you want to send her back to the United States? He said, well, you guys have a reputation of raising the dead around here, and I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> so, so we're talking about resurrection life, amen? And, uh, you know, Paul, Paul has a lot to say about that in Philippians 3, 10 and 11. Verses 3, 10, verses, uh, 10 through 11 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering 
being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Amen? Uh, you know, Paul was talking about this. This is really a pinnacle letter for him. And what he wrote was that, you know, he wrote everything he'd done in life was really nothing compared to knowing God. It, it wasn't, it, it's nothing's compared to uh, walking in resurrection life and, and, and having the fellowship of Jesus' suffering. And, you know, I'm going to say this, that we, we're not supposed to suffer sickness. You know, Paul wasn't talking about suffering sickness. You know, Jesus never suffered sickness in his earthly ministry. Now, when he went to the cross, that might be a different situation. But, uh, you know, Jesus never suffered sickness. He never suffered poverty. He didn't suffer any of that. And so we're not supposed to suffer those things. All we're supposed to be suffering is persecution or uh, putting down the flesh. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, so Jesus never suffered that. And we need to understand that Jesus really, um, Jesus really walked a, a resurrected life. You know, um, he never had lack in his life. You know, if he was, you know, if they needed to pay taxes, he would just tell Peter to go down and get, get money out of the fish. God can help you if there's in your tax situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He, he never had uh, a short in, in, in feeding the 5,000. So Jesus was not poor. Amen. And so really the two keys um, that to walk this life is that you have to know Jesus. Amen. You have to know him. And my question today, do you know him and are you moving forward with him? Amen. Many people, you know, receive Christ, but many people aren't moving forward in their walk. And you have to ask yourself a question. Am I moving forward in Christ? You know, there's four key ways to moving forward in God. Number one is that, you know, especially in Easter, uh, this is the Easter message that we need to study our Bibles. Amen. I know you don't want to hear this this morning, but... We need to study our Bible. If we want to get to know God, God speaks to us through his word. Amen. And so that's, we need to get a revelation of God and his word to us. Second Timothy says it this way, study in 2.15, study to show thyself approved under God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I'm going to say this, that, the, the, what the enemy plays against most of us is deception. That's his biggest tool against mankind is deception. But you're not going to be deceived if you know the word of God. Amen. And that's why we need to get into the word every day and we need to study our Bibles, not just read our Bibles, but we need to study our Bibles. I know you come here and, and you expect me and and. And really to get the word to you. But you need more than just a Sunday morning message. Amen. Amen? You need the word of God every day. If you're going to walk this resurrected life. I'm talking about a life that's abundant. You're going to have to have the word every day to set you straight. Amen. Amen. You know, number two is that we need not only do we need Bible time. We need prayer time. And prayer time is so important. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray without ceasing. And so what does that mean? That means that we need to have an ongoing communication with God, our Heavenly Father. Amen? We need to have that ongoing communication. You need to talk to God every day. 
And I'm not just saying, you know, a lot of times we say, well, we have our Sunday morning, we, we have uh, our, our Monday morning uh, devotion time, but I'm not just talking about devotion time, you know, uh, at five minutes every day. I'm talking about every day you should be in constant communication with God. That's prayer. In other words, you should say when you get up and it's a nice day, oh, Heavenly Father, this is a nice day today. You need, you need to make God real in your life, amen? And prayer should make God real in each one of your lives. We need to have worship time. And worship time is in Psalms 29.2, says it this way, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so we need to give God worship time. Just this week, you know, I was dealing with some issues and, um, you know, I, I give God my prayer time and, I, you know, I'm praying, you know, what I'm believing God to do in my life. I'm praying for my family, you know, the normal prayers. And, uh, but the Lord revealed to me that I needed to praise him more. I, I, I love confessing the word. How many people like to confess the word of God, proclaim the word of God? That, that is a, that's kind of like prayer. It's proclaiming the word of God. And I like confession, but the Lord reminded me, you need to start worshiping me more. And so that day I started worshiping the Lord more. How many people are worshiping the Lord on a daily basis? I'm just talking about just, you know, uh, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. And then we need to have church time. So, so we have worship time. And we need to have church time. In other words, the Bible says that we don't want to forsake the assembly of ourselves together with, with, with um, the body of Christ. We, as some are doing in the end days. In other words, I know you're in church today. And, but, but I'm going to say this. Church time is so important for us to come together in unity and one accord. We can experience the resurrection life of Jesus. Amen. And we experience, it, we experience that through, through um, walking out our our day, and learning about Jesus. Amen? So praise God. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. And we're talking about uh, some keys here on living the resurrected life. It says here in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So the Apostle Paul is talking about that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. In other words, uh, God wants to overdo your prayers. What are you believing God for? You know, some people are just believing God just to make it through the month and pay their bills. But you need to start believing God for more. You need to start expecting God to do more. When you, just pr when you pray, God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or think. And how are we going to tap into this? How are we going to tap into the abundant life? How are we going to tap into living the, the uh, life that Jesus lived? The way we tap into it is by believing. Somebody say believe. We must believe that the power of God can bring us out of anything that we may be encountering. You see, the resurrected life will bring life into your financial situation. How many people are struggling in finances? Don't raise your hand today. But I'm going to say this, that you must believe the power of God can bring you out of financial frustration. Do you believe that? Do you believe the power of God can bring you out of debt? Yeah. 
The power of God can do that. I've been hearing testimonies of how people are being blessed financially in this church. It's amazing. They start coming to church and all of a sudden their finances start going up. Glory to God. And I've been hearing people getting jobs and getting increases. And, and see, and they just started coming and getting faithful and being obedient. And I'm telling you, you have to believe that the power of God can raise you out of debt. Maybe some of you are dealing with sickness in, in here. Maybe you're dealing with some ailment. Maybe some long-term sickness. The, you must believe the power of God can bring you out of that sickness. Amen. Amen. You weren't meant to suffer sickness. Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pain. And you've got to believe that the power of God will bring you out of sickness. You know, maybe there's some areas... Uh, in, in your relationships that aren't doing well. Maybe your marriage is not doing as well as you want it to do. But you must believe that the power of God, amen, can, can make your marriage heaven on earth. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we need, we need to believe that. And I, I think sometimes, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it's, at times it seems difficult to believe when you have the wrong things happening. Amen. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, about Bible faith because Bible faith is a little different than natural faith. Natural faith is you believe what you see, but Bible faith is you believe what you don't see. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In John 20, verse uh, 29, this is Thomas and uh, it's interesting to me that Thomas was like the only disciple that did not see the risen Lord and Savior. Matter of fact, Peter and John were the first ones to come to the tomb. And, uh, and they believed at the tomb. They believed that Jesus was raised from dead. And they didn't see Jesus yet. They just saw the empty tomb, you know, and, and it was empty. You know, John and Peter were there. But they believed he was risen from the dead at that point. But then Jesus appeared to his disciples and just 11 of his disciples said, I don't know where Thomas was at that day, but Thomas was missing. And then Thomas finally hears the word that Jesus was raised from the dead. But Thomas, he didn't, he didn't see Jesus with his natural eyes. And that, that's where you get the doubting Thomas. Have you ever heard that doubting Thomas? And Thomas said, unless I put my finger in the hands of it, uh, my finger in his hands and thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe. So what did Thomas do? He used his will not to believe. What if we use our will to believe? Amen. What if we will to believe that God can do the miraculous even in our darkest hour? What if we use our will to believe? But see, Thomas, he, he used his will not to believe. And so Jesus appears to him, and in John 20, 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so that word blessed means empowered. In other words, empowered are they that don't see anything while they're praying, but believe that God's going to change the situation anyway. You see, a lot, a lot, I know some of us, how many people are waiting in here for, for some breakthroughs? How many people are believing God for a breakthrough? Well, you're going to have to believe God that the breakthrough is already here before you see it. In other words, you're going to have to get happy before you see the breakthrough. 
And so Thomas was using his faith in the reverse. He was going by a sight faith. And we have to, we have to go with a different type. We got to believe what we don't see and believe it. And see, once we believe it, then eventually we will see it. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? You got to believe that Jesus 2,000 years ago went to the cross and was crucified for us and took stripes on his body. And actually, in reality, 2,000 years ago, maybe you're dealing with an illness today. You were healed 2,000 years ago. But your faith has to catch up with it. You have to go with what you believe and not what you're experiencing today. What you experience today could be death in your life. But you got to believe that God's power is raising you out of death into more life. Or you hear what I'm saying to you today? And see, God wants us walking that victorious life in him. Praise the Lord. You know, it reminds me of a, a, what one minister commentary I was reading a couple years back. And, he, it, and his commentary was talking about two kinds of truth. And, you know, as believers, we have to, you know, we have to understand that there is a biblical truth and then there's a natural truth that we walk in. And so biblical truth is truth that supersedes natural truth that we walk in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so if we understand biblical truth, biblical truth will supersede the natural and, and, and takes precedent over natural. Why is that? Because Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And it will overturn any natural thing that's coming against you in your life. Jesus said, my words are spirit. And you have to understand this, that the spirit world was here before the natural world came. That's why we need to be speaking words, spirit life words into our situation. We need to start talking to, you know, we don't want to talk about the mountain that we're incurring, but we want to speak to our mountains. Most people want to focus on the mountain of the problem that you're dealing with. A lot of people want to focus on the issues that you're dealing with. No, no. The Bible actually says speak to the mountain. In the Old Testament, it talks about speak grace. The Rubble says speak grace to your mountain. We need to speak grace to that area that, that's trying to, you know, bring us down in our lives. You know, you know, there is a death cycle and a life cycle that's going on. And you can live in the law of life in Christ Jesus. Or you can live in partially the law of sin and death. And I'm not going to partake of that death cycle. Amen. I, I believe that the power of God is able to bring me out of any death that may be trying to overcome me at this time. Will you hear what I'm saying to you today? And I'm going to say this, that the greater one, you see, you can walk in the resurrection power of, of Jesus because the Bible says that, that the greater one abides on the inside of you. The Bible actually says it this way, the same spirit, now I'm talking about resurrected life today, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will, it dwells in your mortal body and will quicken and make alive your mortal body by his spirit. In other words, you have life quickening spirit on the inside of you. 
And listen, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You need to stir up the gift of God in your life. You need to stir it up and say, I'm going to walk in. I'm not going to allow the circumstances. I'm not going to allow them to overcome me, but I'm going to overcome the circumstances with the life power of God that's resident in me. Glory to God. You know, Jesus actually said this. Jesus said the, the, the things that he did, you know, Jesus did a lot of miracles. He walked on water. He did all these miracles. He said, the things that I do, you will do also. In other words, everything that Jesus did in the scriptures, we should be able to do those things and more because Jesus said, greater works shall you do. Why? Because Jesus goes to the Father on our behalf and Jesus is living on the inside of us. You can speak to your sickness. You command that sickness to go. You can speak to doubt and unbelief and command it to go. You can speak to depression and command it to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Because of that resurrected life on the inside of you, praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God is here for you. He's with you today. And he, and he will bring you to the other side. The enemy will always try to fight you, you know, in, in, and keep you from moving forward in him. But, you know, as you continue to stand strong in God, as you continue to speak the word of truth, you will see the fruition of the promise in your life. Do you believe that today? A bad report can't keep you down. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I remember my mom, she fasted and prayed. She had to go through a surgery. She was planning on going through a surgery. And it, when she fasted and prayed and went, came into the word, she got more revelation of that word. And, and the Lord revealed to her she didn't need to get an operation. And God healed her. Amen. I'm telling you, the world will dumb down the power of God. But, God. but Jesus going to the cross, he gave us his name. He gave us his blood. He gave us his word. We, we have the Holy Spirit, glory to God. And, and I'm telling you, with all that working on our behalf, it doesn't matter if all hell is breaking loose against you, you're going to win. You're going to live a victorious life. In, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Praise God. God is so awesome. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness today. And I thank you, Father God, that this is the day that you have made. And I thank you, Father God, that we are living that resurrected life because of your son, Jesus. And Father, I just thank you for those who are listening and to, to begin to walk out this life you have to have a relationship with God and maybe you're here today and and you never made that commitment of faith maybe you're watching online and you never asked Jesus into your heart well today is a day of salvation you may not have another chance so if you're watching online maybe perhaps here today just say this after me in many heart say dear God I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.